0: This is KPFK Los Angeles, and although it's Women's Night, uh, we're going to um, take liberties uh, with a short interview with Michael Benner, who you might have last heard or first heard as a programmer on KPFK uh, Friday afternoons, and as one of a series of spectacularly stupid program decisions, Uh, Michael was was taken off the air as he moved to Hawaii, and uh, was able to broadcast from there but but it was decided that to not continue his broadcast he's uh, best known throughout southern california uh, for his popular talk radio program and since 1977 he's hosted news and talk shows in la on kabc klos klsx KCBS, krla and kpfk his programs go beyond what his guests and callers think to explore uh, why they think and feel and act the way they do and um he uh has uh, uh, organized co-organized with a uh, Steve Snyder personal development strategies and uh has podcasts and and um from from Hawaii into your computer and uh newsletter and even coming up a retreat that we all go to, uh, a Maui mindfulness retreat, in, uh, it's going to be happening in Maui in February 13th through 18th, and uh, I should in Jack Michael is a friend of mine, so I'm having a friend of mine on the show, which, and um, so and I haven't talked to him since he moved to Hawaii, How, Michael, hello, hello,
1: Roy, aloha, o-
0: aloha, yes, How's things in paradise?
1: Paradisical. Is that a word? <laughs> uh,
0: I, I, well, you can make it up. What the hell?
1: Yeah, we're doing very well. Thank you. It's nice to uh, hear your voice again. And I do listen to you out here. You know, We have the Internet so we can hear KPFK streaming. And uh, The
0: miracle uh, of the Internet,
1: yes. Yeah, it is indeed. And it's uh, nice to be with you tonight. Thanks for having me on.
0: So you're you're now uh, uh, teaching mindfulness.
1: Well, you know, Roy, yeah. I've taught uh, meditation and self-hypnosis for, oh, 25 or 30 years. And uh, since uh, even before leaving radio as a full-time profession in the late 1980s and uh, in the early 90s coming to... KPFK. I think it was ninety one or ninety two that I started working at KPFK, and I was teaching self hypnosis and uh, meditation, and um, of course working as a hypnotherapist and a counselor and and a trainer even back then. And You
0: started as a newsman, by the way. You didn't uh, go from um, from zero to. Uh, uh, meditation counselor without stopping at uh, that per- particular level of reality
1: yeah i'm dating myself now but i did that for 25 years or so uh broadcast journalism and yeah, i was saying to a friend the other day at first i said that i made a mistake going into journalism and then i thought twice and i said well it wasn't really a mistake because it took me where i wanted to to end up, which is, you know, in college in the 60s, I wanted to do the news because I thought that's where truth was going to be found, and for whatever reason, as a member of the baby boomer generation, I was really interested in what in the world is really going on. It's like John Lennon said, give me some truth, and I was passionate about it, so I just figured news is where to go. and aha, I'll get behind the scenes and I'll say what nobody else is willing to say about civil rights and the war and the economy and so on. And I found out that uh, after a few years, news was largely irrelevant. Politics and government and current events was interesting, and I still think it's important to be well-informed. But the real issues, it turns out, It came down to, for me anyway, human consciousness. And as you were saying a minute ago in introducing me, not only what do people think, but more importantly, why do they think and feel and and act the way they do? So my radio news became radio talk shows that on the surface sounded like a current events talk show, Tell Me What You Think About the News?, But what I always did was go a little bit deeper then into, well, why do you feel that way, or why do you think that's true? And, uh, you know, we had a lot of really interesting discussions. People, for example, who are basically uh, uninformed or unreasonable often thought they had the same right to an opinion as everybody else. and. I guess in one sense they do, but it certainly made for interesting radio. And so I just started looking deeper and deeper and deeper into the the nature of fear and anxiety and stress and the way these uh, emotions and attitudes and belief systems really limit our thinking, our feeling, limit our consciousness cause us to feel separated in and alienated and see anything that's different as other and even opposite and I began to realize that with that ignorance that fear-based confusion can be redeemed or refined it can be improved it can be uplifted or in alchemy they say transmuted transformed there's a lot of words for really educating people and helping them to accelerate their own evolution. And so I've always been a personal growth junkie. And my interest now in promoting mindfulness is really not all that new. It's just a focus, really, Roy, on one particular kind of meditative practice, which uh, I think is imperative for people that are interested in first discovering their nature and then developing that nature
0: the nature so um, so that's how you you have come to mindfulness as a um, specialty in the approach of consciousness
1: yeah it's one specialty certainly I'm interested in one form of meditation just as I think self-hypnosis is one form of meditation then there's visualization or guided imagery, um, the ability to accelerate your growth, to improve your performance, to learn faster. Even pain control and healing can be promoted with certain kinds of meditation and relaxation skills, and you could say mindfulness is a practice that is. Thus done in a meditative level and then carried into your waking life essentially mindfulness is simply learning to pay attention to what's happening in your physical senses and sensations, your intuition but to do it from a detached point of view rather than being driven by our thoughts and feelings we can learn to pay attention to them and Make better choices. Do I really believe this thought that I've always thought to be true, this belief system? Am I going to continue to think this way, or am I going to re-examine it? We can make better choices about which thoughts to empower and which thoughts to release, how to promote positive, love-based feelings, and uh, again, redeem, if I can use that word, or to refine or improve negative fear based feelings, and through a process of understanding mindfully, mindfulness and understanding, they really go together, then we can, as I say, redeem or transmute or improve or change our fear based feelings into love based feelings. And uh, all of this process, as well as choosing better behavior is much easier to accomplish as we learn to become more mindful, to pay attention to what's happening right now, to to free ourselves from the distractions of believing you are your thoughts and feelings and being driven by ego-based thoughts and feelings. You know, we've all got an ego. It's the part of us that identifies with the individuated the separated or alienated self and it's very, very fear based. Its job is to ride shotgun, to have our backs, to look over its shoulder. But too often we let the fear based ego into the driver's seat. And most people live most of their lives with the ego at the wheel and the accelerator <laughs> or the brake. And and ego's not supposed to drive the Higher self, the, our better nature, our so called soul, so to speak, our spiritual self, is the part of us that needs to be in the driver's seat and let the ego ride shotgun. Well, again, that's a mindful process to remember hey, I'm not my thoughts and feelings. I'm the part of me that, from a relaxed, calm, elevated point of view, can look at my thoughts and feelings and not even judge them. You know, not even, that's another part of mindfulness is bringing your attention to whatever you're doing right now, free from the distractions of this thought stream and the feelings that are blended in it, and doing it without judgment. Most of what's going on in our heads when our thoughts are not applied to a particular task like reading or balancing a checkbook or figuring out a map and where you are on the map, when our thoughts are not applied in that way, mostly what they do, Roy, is obsess on three things that don't really serve us and are not really in our interest, except this is what the ego likes to do, because it is fear-based. One is constantly seek attention and approval. Number two, to find some way to control other people and the events and circumstances that are happening to us. And number three is this perpetual judgment of, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Is this right or wrong? Am I with the winners or am I a loser? (laughs) And these three obsessions, the need for acceptance, the need for control and this perpetual judgment are in fact distractions from what's really happening in life and that's why many of us have a really tough time finding any real happiness or or joy or or peace of mind or fulfillment because we're distracted by these mental and emotional obsessions, not really paying attention to what's happening now.
0: Um, Most of us have our minds now in Egypt, and I wonder where mindfulness would play a part um, if you are in Cairo and in the demonstrations and you are facing alternatives of um, run like hell, get a gun, throw a rock, or be there peacefully and bring the kids
1: Well, one of the—I'm sure there are many challenges that would come up. It's—it's hard for me to empathize. I, you know, I have this tendency to overlay my own interests and biases and prejudices over the people that I believe are in that square—the largely poor and disenfranchised, the people that uh, the fifty percent in Egypt in Egypt that, that really haven't enjoyed the promise of their economy. I mean, they have a pretty good-sized middle class, and then they have this upper-middle and upper class that uh, live in gated communities in very nice houses with swimming pools and spas and really nothing in the middle. It Looks like what's happening to the United States is we lose our middle class. There's just the rich, the very rich, and the poor. The very poor. Well, I think that's basically who is in the square in Cairo are the poor, that representatives of that 50% that are just fed up with the corruption and um, the lack of opportunity that they have in, in, in an economy that works for some, but certainly not for everyone. So there's a little revolutionary in me left over from the 60s that, that I'm tempted to project on those people. I'm not an Egyptian, so, and I've never really been poor, not really, not like there are hundreds of millions or billions of truly poor people in this world. So it's hard for me to really empathize and know what they're going through. I presume that most of those people are ready to give their lives for a revolution they've been identified uh, their pictures have been taken they, they've sort of cast their lot with uh, Mubarak leaving and some better government taking its place so uh, uh, you're right I think the eyes of the world are on not only Cairo but Tunisia and now we're wondering what else is going to happen in the Middle East I've also been interested in the reaction of the right wing in America and their coordinated effort to portray this as, <laughs> as uh, a failure of Barack Obama's. And, you know, the really crazy right wing, the Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity on the way far out edge of the right, uh, making this really coordinated effort to make Barack look like a Muslim and and uh, part of the Muslim Brotherhood. and The new word the right wing has been using this week is caliphant. And uh, this is all part of a conspiracy to bring uh, Islam to America, like the Muslims are going to take over America, like and that would ever happen.
0: Conspiracy to bring audience back to Glenn Beck's program.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it really is the McCarthy era all over again. It's amazing. And they could never do it if it wasn't that Barack Obama was a person of color. That's the only way, uh, you know, you can shout out, you lie at the state of, to the president at the State of the Union and get away with uh, the kind of stuff the right wing gets away with in this country. So there's much to be said about it, but if we approach it from a spiritual point of view, that is, from a point of view of mindfulness, it's whoever we are and however we feel about what's happening and whatever we think about what's happening we can let that get all over us and confuse us or we can breathe and relax and hold our thoughts and feelings about this subject at an arm's length and observe it without too much judgment with as little judgment as possible in other words Don't be too quick to say, well, this is a good thing, or, well, that's a bad thing, or this is a good thing, but it happened in a bad way. And instead of confusing yourself with all of that kind of, uh, in Hawaii the phrase is talk story, with all of that talk story, or story talk, all of that stuff you tell yourself, these raps, these dialogues or monologues that we have in our heads that, we repeat over and over to ourselves and other people just watch it watch it unfold observe it you know this is the this is what all the great mindfulness teachers are teaching us whether it's John Kabat-Zinn or Thich Nhat Hanh or Pema Chodron or the Dalai Lama There's much of this that comes of course from eastern philosophy buddhism in particular but it's also found in the mysticism of the world in in Sufism, speaking of Islam in uh, the uh, Kabbalah and and Zohar and mysticism of of, uh, the ancient Hebrew tribes the Rosicrucianism and and Western mysticism of the Christians and, and the Gnostics and the Essenes mindfulness goes back to ancient times and is really part of what I call the ageless wisdom. I like that phrase. It's also known as the Prisca Theologia, or the ancient teachings. Uh, Aldous Huxley, of course, called it the perennial philosophy. Um, I called it mysticism. Sometimes it's just called esoteric philosophy. It's the philosophy of of allegory and metaphor. It's also the philosophy the philosophy of just waking up to the present moment without judgment and nothing is more liberating I'm 63 years old and <laughs> and again after 40 plus years of broadcast journalism reading the news, writing the news it's the biggest story I've ever found you know, wake up, pay attention there's a rich and one, turn off your TV uh, uh stop watching that stuff it's hypnotizing it's depressing and it, it generates way too much stress and we can we can change simply by refusing to participate in that media hypnosis and and that conventional wisdom and live a very wonderful rich and rewarding life just paying attention to The way the light falls on these trees or is filtering through the leaves or the sound of the birds or listening to your own breath, uh, paying attention, really watching a child play on the floor or or, um, a little puppy romping around. There's so much uh, that is beautiful and rich and wonderful in life that we tend to miss because we're caught up in this this mind-numbing, stress-based, fear-based hypnosis and, again, the, the drumbeat of the thoughts and feelings inside us that are demanding, put us in the driver's seat, let us handle this. I think it is often really surprising to people to hear someone say, hey, you don't have to believe everything you think.
0: <laughs> Tell us about your Maui Mindfulness Retreat, which is taking place in in Maui. Yeah,
1: what better place? Um,
0: it's know, only 11.15 there right now.
1: Huh? It is, yeah. Very
0: yeah. interesting. Next, you know, I had a get-rich-quick scheme when I was a kid, and that was um, uh, when I found out about the time zones. I was going to uh, get the horse... Uh, the horse race uh, results at New York time, and then i have three hours to bet on the horse in California, <laughs> and I'd have a sure winner every time.
1: I think I saw that on Twilight Zone once, right?
0: Oh. Yeah. Well, I, well, I thought it was mine when I was a little kid. Well, uh,
1: when you were a little kid, that was before Twilight Zone.
0: That was before television, yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: sure it was your idea. Yeah, well... um, Hawaii, of course, is a a beautiful place, and we have access to 70 private acres on the northeast shore of Maui, Hawaii, adjacent to the George Harrison estate. Uh, It's right on the bluff overlooking the Pacific Ocean. It's rainforest. They get about 350 inches of rain a year on that side of the island. They call it the windward side. This is where the weather comes from is It's backwards out here. The weather comes from the northeast rather than the southwest, and that's where all the rain is and you know what a rainforest looks like is giant broadleaf trees and plants and beautiful waterfalls and rainbows. and because of the nature of Hawaii being so remote. It's not unlike the Galapagos Islands off Ecuador, where there are species of trees of flowers of uh, fruits that are unlike any found anywhere else in the world. Uh, birds as well and uh, and other animals evolve to be there's even a rooster here called a Maui rooster that is unlike any other rooster a uh, regular old barnyard rooster, but it's evolved over the years and, and has become unique. That means most of the birds are and many of the fruits are not only exotic and rare, but even endangered, very fragile ecosystem in many ways. But one thing that a remote location like we're going to be using later this month for this retreat, one thing that it really does offer is peace. And this is a perfect venue, then, to teach people how to use not only the peace around you, but to create an inner peace of mind. You and I have always talked in the radio about peace being more than the absence of war, more than the absence of violence, that it really is a level of consciousness or a state of mind that we can give to the world Uh, Gandhi's line about be the change you wish to see in the world speaks to this idea, be peaceful, come from a peaceful place. Well, meditate. And Steve and I have done a premium audio series for just over three years now that we podcast out for 99 cents a program, the exorbitant price of 99 cents. Uh, called finding yourself in paradise, and we always hasten to add that the paradise doesn't mean you've got to come to to Maui to learn to meditate. Although we'd like you to, we're talking about a, a paradise inside that meditation provides. Again, a quiet uh, inner space that we can create, whether we use visualization or not, and. That provides expanded awareness. As we calm our emotional nature, the mind quiets, and our awareness expands. That means we get smarter. We're less likely to overlook little details. Our memory improves. and In particular, our intuition, which is emotional intelligence, is enormously enhanced and we come to understand ourselves better. And then instead of judging other people, it's easier to empathize because you have this personal experience of what they might be going through. So it's using external peace and quiet in a beautiful place in terms of this particular retreat to practice creating an inner peaceful place for the purpose of expanding awareness, being mindful, reducing stress, being a more effective problem solver, and just being happier and more fulfilled in your life, because finally you can understand why you think, feel, and act the way you do.
0: And how can somebody find out more information about the retreat, which is February 13th through 18th on Maui?
1: Well, probably the best way is to use the Internet to go to either one of our sister sites, the one that Steve and I broadcast or podcast, this premium audio program, Finding Yourself in Paradise. That website is focusedpassion.com, and there's an ED in there if I'm saying it clearly. After the W's, it's .focusedpassion.com and you'll see a big, colorful button that says Maui Retreat. Click on that. Or go to my website, which is theagelesswisdom.com, and you'll see a similar button. Both sites have lots of other stuff going on, all kinds of... I've got a free podcast called The Mystery School on the Ageless Wisdom site. We do that every Sunday afternoon live, and then podcast it out a couple of days later and we've also got a lot of free articles on human potential and personal growth, white uh, papers, and all kinds of interesting stuff for you to do. We've got a video conference that we do on Thursdays. And either one of those sites can direct you to the other. So.
0: Okay, that's theagelesswisdom.com, theagelesswisdom.com, or focused passion. Dot com. We have to run now, Michael. Well,
1: it's good to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much. I haven't uh, been on your show in, I think, almost three years. So thanks for having me on again. And say hello to all my friends at KPFK, and particularly to uh, to Diane. and Doreen sends her love as well, and our kitties to your kitties. And, oh. and thank you. Mahalo and aloha, brother.
0: Aloha. Okay, this is KPFK Los Angeles. That was Michael Benner. And for information on the um, the newsletter, the the podcasts, the uh, TV feeds, the uh, Maui Mindfulness Retreat, uh, all the uh, activities going on around uh, Michael and his partner, Steve Snyder, you can uh, go to focusedpassion.com or theagelesswisdom.com or you can phone to get information at yeah, it is. 818-569-3017. 3017 24-7. And you are listening to Something's Happening on KPFK Los Angeles.